Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see your beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. Hello, and welcome to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. I'm Anthony DeBundo, hosting this show for the first time, joined, as always, by BJ Cunningham, our favorite French Ligue 1 expert. But we're going to break down all four of the rest of the European leagues on this podcast. Michael Leboff joined us and hosted, as he always does, for the Premier League preview podcast, which came out late last week. And then we did a Premier League point total draft pod with Alain Shapiro of the FML FPL pod. We each picked five teams. We talked about all 20 of the Prem. We figured, okay, we've done enough with the Prem. We need to get into our bread and butter, the rest of Europe, mainland Europe. And we're starting with the best league in the world, the best soccer league in the world. My favorite league besides the Prem, the Bundesliga. And I know that the Bundesliga has not performed well across Europe generally over the last couple of years outside of Eintracht Frankfurt. It feels like the league is down a little bit as a whole. And yet there sits, of course, Bayern Munich at the top of the table. Before we get into any picks, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Bayern Munich generally going into the season, losing Lewandowski, and then we'll, we'll transition into kind of who's going to come in second. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think you can say that Bayern got better, obviously, after losing Lewandowski, but I mean, getting to Lichten is a huge, huge upgrade for them defensively. They lost Sule, who, you know, he was okay, not great, and then he moves on to Dortmund. But getting to Ligt in is massive for their defense. And, you know, I like the addition of Sadio Mane. If, even if they don't play with a true striker, I mean, Bayern has so many attacking pieces that are just going to overwhelm teams. I mean, they were leaps and leaps and bounds better than anybody else in the Bundesliga last year. Plus 51 expected goal differential. Next closest was Leipzig at plus 21. So it's a very, very big gap from Bayern to the rest of the Bundesliga. But I found it was kind of interesting. Minus 500 is kind of one of the lowest odds I've seen on Bayern in, in quite a long time. Usually they're around minus 800, minus 1,000, similar to what PSG is. And like, oh, so... I mean, if, if you can figure out a way to parlay somebody you like in Syria ah, with Byron and maybe just short the price a little bit, you can do that because I don't really see any of these other teams below them even competing with them, even if they have lost Lewandowski. I'll tell you what, I was fully prepared to bet Dortmund to win the Bundesliga. There was a 10 to 1 out there a few weeks ago, and I was looking at it and I was like, look, there's a case here for Byron to take a step back. And you mentioned it. Why are they so low? I mean, they lost Robert Lewandowski. He's going to score 30, 35 goals in the league. Now he's not. And how do they replace that? And I like Sadio Mane. I think he can provide some of the goal scoring punch. It looks like based on the preseason, they're going to play Mane and Gnabry up top. 
together. That could help Nabry, maybe. Nabry could be a decent golden boot shout, potentially. But there's just not a lot of certainty with Byron, and that's that seems unusual. And I like the lick, too, but he doesn't look like he's in shape and ready for the start of the season. So there's definitely some growing pains, I think, potentially for Byron that makes them a little bit vulnerable. And I was fully prepared to say Dortmund is the team. They're ready. They made a ton of additions. I love what Dortmund did this offseason. They added to replace Holland, two guys who I really like, and Haller and Adeyemi. They make a huge impact with Schlotterbuck and Sula defensively. They go get Sali Oljan, who was number one in pressing success rate in the Bundesliga last year in the midfield, five over five tackles and interceptions per 90. I was like, wow, you know, Bellingham will be back. We think Gio Reyna can be good. There's so much talent here. Dortmund could be the team, but then Haller is out now. And we don't know if he's going to play it all this year. He has, he had to have surgery. He may have testicular cancer there. We don't know the, the reports yet. Hopefully it's not It's benign and he'll be able to play, but even so he's going to miss multiple months. So now I'm like, ah, just when I was thinking Dortmund was turning the corner, new manager, stable, they have just come up short again for me to bet them. So I'm not going to bet Dortmund, but I'm curious, are you betting someone? The, the market is is the winner without Bayern because Bayern's so dominant. Are you betting anyone in that market? Yeah, I'm very interested in RB Leipzig at plus 175. And then honestly, Leverkusen as well at plus uh, 550. I mean, I agree. I do like what Dortmund did in this window. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to change and make up for their just drastic overperformance last year. I mean, you can make the argument that, hey, oh, well, Erling Holland's such a good finisher. And, you know, he, he made up for that, you know, performance. They might come back down to earth a little bit. But, I mean, they were almost 20 goals better offensively than, you know, what their XG was. So, if you're, just, you know, I like Ademi. He's a nice young striker, but if you're just basically throwing him out there up top and saying, hey, go get, you know, 25, 30 goals, I'm not sure he's that type of striker at this point in his career. He might be eventually, but right now I, I don't see it. So I do agree that I, I like the defensive uh, upgrades that they made. So, uh, but RB Leipzig is an interesting case. You know, if you take out what they were under Marsh, you know, them and what I found quite surprising is basically you, filter out basically from December on when Marsh got fired, Dorman was about fifth or sixth in expected points from that point on to the end of the season. It went, obviously Byron was leaps and bounds better, but then it went Leverkusen and then Leipzig. So, I mean, you can make the argument Leverkusen in terms of talent might be there right there as the second best team in the Bundesliga. They have, you know, who I think should be the golden boot favorite at this point and Patrick Schick. So it's very interesting. I have, I like Leipzig at plus 175. I like Leverkusen at plus 550. I just really don't have any interest in Dortmund from the overperformance. And yes, maybe all these signings will work out. And maybe, you know, Bellingham and, and all these guys will take the, the leap forward. But, I mean, we all know with XG what happens is teams tend to regress towards their means. So uh, I think that's going to happen to Dortmund. And I, I do believe they might fall down to, you know, third or fourth place. I don't think they're falling out of the top four because there's a, as we'll talk about, there's a drastic drop-off from the top four to the rest of the Bundesliga. So, um, but I do think that second place is definitely up for grabs right now. Well, look at how far we've come. BJ is now advising people to bet on Leverkusen. I'm in, yeah. I'm all in on Leverkusen. I, I'm going I mean, to regret, regret saying that because I think we missed this last year. And I think it's something that we, we should be better with. Uh, this year, you know, we're always constantly learning as we as we go through this and and constantly finding new metrics and new websites and new data and and looking at things differently. Well, the second half of the season, so for after the German winter break, everybody plays 17 games. Second half, the next 17 games, they play everybody in the league once. Bayern was plus 1.16 XG difference per 90. Dominant won the league. Kuru's no problem. Second was Leverkusen. They were plus 1.15. So mm-hmm. they played at the level of Bayern. And remember. They played Bayern and played them off the park in the second half of the season in their meeting against each other. Now, Florian Verts did tear his ACL. He's going to be out to the World Cup. That's not great. But Moussa Diaby appears to be staying healthy. He's electric. You mentioned Schick. Yes, he overperformed. I don't think he'll do that again. But there's also an argument for his floor of actual expected goals going up because they added Adam Holzik. Oh, one of my champion. favorite players, honestly. Yeah. I love he's him awesome. So much. And, and he scored double digit goals in the Czech League the last three or four years. He's young, he's fast, he's very good as a compliment to Schick, who's more of a tall, lanky fella. Uh, and so I love everything Leverkusen 
has kind of managed to keep this core together. And they had some problems early in the season where they weren't that good and they were getting lucky and they were running hot, but the underlying performances really took a huge step forward in the second half of the season. And if they continue that, Byron takes a step back without Lewandowski. It's not crazy to think that one, not only could it be a potential race, I don't think they'll win it because they don't have enough depth, but it's enough to say, okay, if Leipzig, you know, you look at Leipzig, they didn't spend any money. It's very strange. They brought in Schlager, who I know we both like, but that was just an Adams replacement. They haven't upgraded attack. I mean, Silva has not been what we thought he would be after coming over from Frankfurt. I think his numbers are probably not going to be as bad as they were last year, but I don't think he'll ever get to the Frankfurt numbers again. So I kind of have some questions about Leipzig too. Of course, Nkunku is great, but unless they improve further, I think Leipzig is a little bit light. Uh, and I'm that's why I'm back in Leverkusen five plus 550 to be the winner without Bayern. But MGM has it and I love it. I think that that's my favorite bet in the Bundesliga. We're going to go a little further down the table though, because relegation is always fun in Germany. I know I cashed a couple of Bielefeld tickets last year. Thank God they're gone. Who are you looking at a potential relegation situation this year? I like Hertha Berlin at plus 400. So they were on the brink of relegation last year. They were in the relegation playoff against Hamburger. They went down one nothing at home in the first leg and then just pulled off a, a crazy 2-0 two, two result in the second leg to stave off relegation and stay in the Bundesliga. And this season with Werder Bremen and Schalke coming up, it's a lot. Those are two very big clubs. It's not it's not Greuter and Bochum coming up. So those teams have a lot more money to throw in the market. They're a lot more talented. So it's going to be a lot more difficult for Berlin to stay up. I mean, they of the teams that all stayed up, they had the worst expected goal differential of any of them, minus 21.3. They averaged 1.02 XG per match in the wide-open Bundesliga. They were dead last in offensive pass per defensive action. They can't play through pressure. And in a league where everybody presses like crazy, they are one of the teams that just sit back and they concede. They conceded the most big scoring chances in the Bundesliga. So what do they do to improve all of that? Well, nothing. They did nothing in the market. They brought in a bunch of low-level guys on free transfers. One of their best center backs, Nicholas Stark, has left on a free transfer to Werder Bremen. They're still relying on 32-year-old Steven Jovetic to be their main striker. So I'm not sure how this team survives another season in the Bundesliga with the current squad that they have. So at plus 400, I think it's a fantastic price for Berlin to, to get relegated. It is a crowded field down there, you know, yeah, and yes. Osberg was the first team that I looked at yeah, based on their numbers last year. And I, and before even looking at the market, I said, all right, who's this year's Bielefeld? Like should have been gone Bochum last were the year. Two for me. Horrible. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit more friendly toward Bochum, but Again, we remember what Bochum was two years ago. We said, how is this team even promoted? Yeah. And then they ended up being actually half decent. Uh, but they're the kind of team where you're like, okay, if they just revert back to anything close to what they were two years ago, Bochum could be in some trouble. But Osberg was the first team, but of course they're the favorites to go down. The two teams that are coming up are not good either. Schalke is not your older brother's Schalke. Uh, Verde Bremen also pretty, pretty short in terms of talent. The one team I really wanted to get up was hamburger. I was rooting so hard for hamburger. I bet on hamburger to go up uh, in that match against Hertha. That would have been a bet on team. They would have finished in the top 13, 14 in the league. Instead, we have a very fun race. I don't have a bet here. I may join you on Hertha because uh, I do like the chances of Bochum staying up. But again, the Bundesliga is hard because so many times there's only two that go down uh, and uh trying to sweat out those playoffs. It just feels like the last few years that already in Bundesliga team has seemed to have an edge. Uh, and and I'm not sure exactly what that is, but given the, the Bundesliga two is down as well, they're, they're, it's harder to get when you only potentially have two spots. So I'm staying away from the relegation market this year. I may hop in live. You'll have to tune in to our Wonder Goal podcast where I will let you know if I end up finding oh, a team yeah, yeah. Get relegated. <laughs> Somebody will jump out yeah. at some point you know, they'll get some good results. And then we're looking at them like, okay, that's not going to last. Uh, and we actually, I was able to double that on Bielefeld at a better number last year. So no bets for me in the relegation market. Do you have anything in the golden boot market? I do have one. I think we have the most open golden boot race in a long, long time. I mean, for the last 
you know, four or five, six years, it's been Lewandowski and Holland. It's like, all right, who's going to win the golden boot? And now they're both gone. So if there was ever a year to try and hit a long shot, I think this is the year. And my pick's going to be Lucas Mecha from Wolfsburg at 40 to one. He's the main focus of their attack. Now that Weghorst is gone, he was injured for most of the second half last season, but when he was healthy, he was a 0.55 XG per 90 minute forward that was getting three shots per 90 minutes. There are only six players from last year in the Bundesliga that averaged over 0.5 XG per 90 and at least three shots per 90. It was Lewandowski, Holland, Schick, Anthony Modest, Awanawi, and Mecha. Well, Holland and Lewandowski are gone. I don't believe in Anthony Modest, and Awanawi's also gone. So it's him and Schick. So if he's able to actually stay healthy for a full season, the price of 40 to one, is too good to pass up on him. I mean, he's going to be the main goal scoring threat for, you know, Wolfsburg in general should be a top half club given their size and, and the talent level that they have. And so I think he is by far the, the best long shot on the board. I wanted to also bet uh Schick, but he's the second favorite at seven to one. So uh, for me, Mecha 40 to one from Wolfsburg is my play. Yeah. I think the most interesting name on the board for me there was Chris and Kunku at seven to one. Uh, but for me, I'm, I'm just not quite sure that's enough. Uh, I do think he had his breakout last season and he could very well repeat it. He is on penalties at Leipzig, which always helps. Uh, and, and Nabry at 14 to one is the other name. Somebody will score goals for Bayern. They're not buying Ronaldo. It doesn't seem that could be a potential option. Who's going to take pens for Bayern too. That's the other thing you kind of have to solve because they're going to get a bunch. Uh, and whoever's on them may well win it. Yeah, I, I worry about Bayern in the same you know light as I worry about you know if you're betting somebody for Golden Boot from the past Manchester City teams that didn't have Holland. You wonder, okay, yeah, I'd love to bet Foden, I or you know I Foden or Grealish or Bernardo Silva or De Bruyne, but it's the goals are just spread out so much. So you could have you know essentially five guys score 10, 12 goals, and then it's like okay, well nobody, none of them are getting close to the Golden Boot. So. I'm I'm kind of passing on all of the Bayern, you know, type of players. I do agree with you that if Gennarby's going to play up top, like, yes, 14 to one for sure. You have to play essentially, obviously, you know, Mane's the favorite, so we're not going to play him at six to one. But if Gennarby's going to play up top, or whether it's him, Sané, Coleman, whoever it is, you have to play the guy playing up top for the team that's going to score, you know, 90 Most plus goals. goals. So. Right. And I, I do think it's Nabry. I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see, but the, the preseason indications are that Mane and, and Gnabry are going to share time there. Whoever ends up on pens may be the one that leads the team in goals, and that may be how you solve it. Mane, decent penalty taker, but not great. Maybe Thomas Muller's on pens at some I was going to say, yeah, just with all this, Thomas Muller will be the one taking penalties, and it'll be the only goals he scores all season and has like 25 assists. So before we move on to another league, I saved this one conversation because the three of us, Michael is not here, but the three of us are in agreement on the one dark horse team that may break through, get to the top four, if one of the other three or four falls. We're in agreement, I think, generally, that there is a clear consensus top four. Gladbach is not Bach. Uh, selling Braille and below, very upset, hiring a bad manager. It's going to be rough for Gladbach. I'm not sure what to expect from them, but there is one team, 25 to 1, and if you've listened to our show before, you probably can guess who it is that we're backing to finish in the top four. Mines, 25 Mines. to one. Unbelievable price. I mean, there are, I think there are a couple long shots that you can make an argument that have some value to get top four, but this one, I mean, by far has to be the best value. I mean, they finished sixth in the Bundesliga, plus five expected goal differential, seventh in expected points. They did lose uh, Niakate to Nottingham Forest, one of their best center backs, but they still have two of their three starting center backs in, in their 3-5-2 system that they usually play under Bo Svensson. Unbelievable defensive team. Top five in XG allowed. Shots 90 per allowed. Number one in the Bundesliga in big scoring chances allowed. And they've also top three in, in high turnovers forced and passes per defensive action. Just a really, really good defensive team that profiles really well against smaller sides. They're able to dominate possession. They're a great counterattacking team when they have to play some of the bigger sides. So... I mean, at 25 to one, if, if, you know, one of these teams like uh, Leipzig who could very well, if they, if a couple guys get injured, could crater the same can be said for uh, Leverkusen and Dortmund. 
I mean, mines is right there for the taking to take that top spot. And I think, and this is a larger point I want to make as we get further into these is that mines will not be playing in Europe. And I think that really matters this year more than any other year with how jam packed the schedule is going to be because of the world cup. So these teams that can just focus on their domestic league and getting as close as they can to the top four is going to be very important. So, and you know, another point I kind of want to make just in general, as you know, we're betting these things, I understand that, you know, betting some of these other markets, you know, might be new for some people out there. If they're just listening to us, like, Oh, I kind of just want to bet who's going to win the title, you know, similar to college football. Like there's a lot more to to soccer than just who wins the title, like the top four, the top six races, these teams like mines and Union Berlin that can get into Europe for the first time ever. Like it, it matters to these clubs and you know, these, these teams finishing sixth would be a huge deal for mines. Finishing fourth would be like one of the biggest things ever. They've never really won a trophy before. So like, this is, this is, would be the biggest thing ever for the club. So yeah, mine's 25 to one. We're going to probably be betting on them a ton at weekend and week out in the Bundesliga. So they are the best long shot on the board for top four. Yeah. I think they're the fifth best team. And, you know, yeah. you look at it, Union Berlin was better last year marginally, but they lose Taiwo. Gladbach yep. is Gladbach. They have defensive issues. Eintracht's going to be in the Champions League. Wolfsburg, I think, will take a step forward. I think they're close too, but uh, I think you have the fifth best team. And so while you probably lose this bet, most certainly will, uh, if anybody falls, mines could be there to scoop it up. So that will end our talk on the Bundesliga. We didn't mention Stuttgart, but I know we're both high on them. We'll be getting into that type of markets as we get into our first weekend preview, which will be dropping next Thursday or this Thursday, rather, uh, just in a few days. We will be previewing the entire Premier League slate. We will also be previewing our favorite pick from the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga begins Friday, August 5th. We are so close to it. Eintracht Frankfurt, the Europa League champions, taking on the German champions, Bayern. Should be a fun one. I will have the preview for that match as well. We're going to shift gears now. We're going to go to Spain, taking a short flight from Germany down to sunny Spain. And... Would you look at that? Real and Barcelona are the two top teams in the league once again. What yeah. a shock. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting. I, I have no interest in betting either of these teams to win the league. They're they're going to probably battle it out all season long. I mean, Barca just, I mean, so many additions. I just see Rafinha. So many they can't even register. And apparently they can afford now. I don't know what the end game is with Barca, but that's, that's a, for a, di- a different day. You know, Real Madrid, we, we've talked about the overperformance. You know, if you look at expected points, Barcelona was was clear in a way like the number one unexpected points last year in, in La Liga. You know, these two, I mean, they're, they're going to be one too. I mean, I just, I don't really see value in playing either of them. Uh, you know, if you want to get a better price on one of them, just, you know, just wait. You know, one of them falls behind a little bit to start the season. You could potentially get a two or a three to one on Barca or Real Madrid. So, I think what I'm more interested in is, is in top four relegation markets uh, is where I'm looking at in La Liga. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a toss up. You know, if you wanted to, if they offer a, a, a you know, you, you want to bet a plus 150 on Barca, I won't disagree with you because I do think it's it's truly that these two teams are even for me. But, you know, over the course of a season, I think there's going to be opportunities, like BJ said, to get in on Barca potentially later because of all the new signings. Whereas Real Madrid has has done a very good job of keeping a pretty small but cohesive group, adding a couple of key reinforcements to them, namely uh, to help the midfield. So pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Let's break into the top four market because this is the top four market for me that is the most interesting of all of Europe of the leagues that we talk about, because I think we have a couple of teams that are getting up there because of name recognition with Atleti and Sevilla. And we've got a few teams kind of waiting in that five to seven range that might make the leap forward. Do you agree? I agree. Uh, I would say Atleti is probably still solidified for me as the number three team in La Liga, but that fourth spot, I mean, boy, I think, I mean, you'll probably, I know you're going to agree with me on this. I think Sevilla is going to crash hard. Uh, I mean, the overperformance last year was was pretty crazy. I mean, 20 plus 23 actual goal differential, 70 points, only a plus five expected goal differential and 57 expected points. And they've lost both of their starting center backs. So I think we're going to see a, a big time crater on Sevilla. I love Real Sociedad at plus 350. And, you know, we, if you listen, if you're a loyal listener of Wonder Goal, you know, we, we bet them at 50 to one to win the league last year. They raced out to a lead in the first 11 matches and then cratered only a plus three actual goal differential last year and finished sixth. But uh, their expected goal differential was plus 14.1. You know, they're due for some big time positive regression, you know, offensively, they, you know, had about 53, 53, 54 expected goals, about 14 more than what they're, actual goal total was. And their big thing for me is they kept their core together. Alexander Ishak, Olathabel, you know, these guys are still there. They're, they're put plus they're, you know, they're 0.6 XG plus expected assist guys. And then they added some nice depth pieces, you know, like take Fuso Kubo from Mallorca and a couple other guys from Celta Vigo and such. So I really, really like Real Sociedad to crash the top four at plus 350. Don't hate Villarreal either at plus 275. Um, I really just don't think that Sevilla should be priced ahead of those two teams. So uh, for me, it's probably going to be Villarreal. I mean, they obviously they were an offensive juggernaut under Unai Emery. I mean, they were second. They they outcreated Bayern or Barcelona last year. They had more expected goals than Barcelona. So I, I don't expect them to do that this year. Now that Lewandowski's at Barcelona, but still it just points to that Villarreal is a legit team that underperformed. So them at plus 275 and Real Sociedad at plus 350 is what I'm going with for top four. Look, I agree hundred percent. I will make the case that you should bet all three teams that are outside that top three. And yeah, I'm, I'm not buying about. Atleti because the second half of last season, Atleti were not good at all. And I know this is Atleti magic and, and we have, look, clearly maybe I have a bias against Simeone. You do. Point. I mean, just admit it. You do. I do, but they weren't good the second half of last season. They built up. So remember the conversation we had last year, which was Atleti won the league two years ago, despite pretty mediocre numbers. And then in the first half of the season, Atleti was better than the year before, better than the title winning team. But because they didn't run as hot, they took a step back in the table and they were kind of just hovering in, in that area. The defense wasn't quite the same. O'Block looks like he is not going to continue to be the best goalie in the world forever in terms of shot stopping. And so what we saw was that he took a bit of a step back, but it wasn't even in the underlying numbers. But the second half of the season, they legitimately did. They were not the same Atleti that we're used to seeing. And I am now wondering, they have not done a ton of business this summer. None of these mid-level Spain teams have. The drop-off would not need to be much for Virial and Larial to then take the spots of Sevilla, who I agree with you, has has very danger potential here. Like Lopetegui, the style looked like it got stale last year. They couldn't create chances. They haven't replaced Carlos. Now they're going to need to replace Kunde. You have major question marks in the midfield too. Thomas Delaney's not getting any younger. And so there are a lot of question marks with this team. Martial's loan over. So, you know, we don't really know what to expect from Sevilla. I think they are comfortably worse than Villarreal and La Real. And I'm going to make the case they may even be worse than Real Batiste, who very quietly added Awar, who I think is an awesome signing. Now, Ndombele didn't work out. 
But RR was just as good, if not better, than Ndombele in that team when they played together on that great team uh, at Lyon. And I think he adds to, you know, with Fakir, uh, they have a great attacking group. I don't know that they'll keep up enough, keep out enough goals to get that top four spot. But again, I'm going to make the case and I'm probably going to throw a little bit of change on all three of those teams because I think there's a good chance two of them get in the top four. I'm yeah, just, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure with Atleti. Yeah, the Real Betis thing, drastic overperformance last year has right. me off of them right now. Um, yeah, I do like RR. RR is a great signing because like teams like Arsenal were in on him and they really wanted him. And then suddenly he just goes to Batiste. So yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I mean, the top four for me, I still am a believer in Simeone. I think they're going to be third place. Uh, but yeah, that top four, that fourth place is definitely up. I mean, they haven't bought a single, they're, they're, but they're still summer good, signing. Anthony. Their marquee summer signing is that what, Axel Witzel? And that's fine. It's good depth. It's, it's at central midfield. They lose Luis Suarez. Okay. <laughs> like, like I, I know, like, he's not good anymore. But but, like, he, he was you forgot. Goals. They, they, they've got my guy, Alvaro Morata, back. Yeah. I mean, in that. I mean, Ooh. he looked cooked at Juve last year, too. Oh, That's come on. He was. His he numbers too, he should have won gold. He, was, he should have. Although he would have taken it from your man, uh, Schick. So maybe maybe it's a good thing. He no, I had finish. tickets on both of them. So <laughs> either one. <laughs> but, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, Atleti just was not the same team in the second half of last season. And I understand their defense probably will not concede as many goals they did last year. But I also don't think they'll score quite as many goals as they did last year. They were 65 from 52 expected last year. And again, everybody hates him, but Luis Suarez scored 10 goals. Again, he was over 10 goals. So, you know, there is some question marks about this team that I continue to have. You know, Griezmann provided a decent spark. Not sure what to make of him. And so I'm I'm selling Atleti and I'll regret it. And they'll finish fourth or third like they always do. But there was also a time when it was not sure that they were going to finish third. So Maybe this is the year that Atleti finally falls. But either way, I'm going to be there. I'm going to bet all three of those teams, La Real, V Real, and Real Betis, especially smaller on them. But I just think Awar could really transform that team if it works. Uh, very cheap buy as well. So encouraging signs. La Liga is going to be a lot of fun this year. I've never said that before in my entire life, but I'm excited. It's always for the top, fun. I'm excited for the top four race, at least. Uh, and I'm going to try to make La Liga overs a thing. I think sometimes yeah. those books get a little too uh, low on them. With that being said, Let's get down to relegation. This is where you thrive. You thrive oh, in the yes. relegation markets. The 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 both teams I, score I, no's in the. I thrive in the bottom the, half of the La Liga table. Yeah, the both teams score no markets when uh, Girona is going to be playing uh, yep. Getafe this year. Yep. But who's your bet to be relegated from this no good bottom half of Spain? Well, I've tried it for two years in a row, so let's make it a third. Elche plus one fifty, uh, second straight season in La Liga where they've had the worst expected goal differential and they've somehow survived relegation. And I don't think it's going to happen for a third time. They conceded the second most expected goals, 61, but allowed 52. Their offense scored 40 goals off of around 35 expected. And they were dead last in shots per 90. They played ultra conservative four, four, two. It even went out of that formation. There's still a minus 0.75 XG differential per 90 minutes worst pressing team in La Liga, dead last and high turnovers forced. This is just not a good team. I mean, I, I went through their results. They only won the expected goals battle in nine of their 38 matches. That's a relegation team. So given the fact they made no significant moves in the transfer market, because they are a small club, they don't have a lot of money to push around. Plus 150, I think is a fantastic price on LJ to go down because there are a few teams coming up, Almeria specifically, that has real staying power. And Valladolid has been in the league a couple times. So uh, they're the favorite, obviously, to get relegated. But um, I think there is uh, a great chance that LJ, the negative aggression, finally catches up with them and they finally go down and I can finally cash a ticket on this team. Should be definitely a terrible relegation battle. Uh, hopefully Tati Castellanos does well, and I'm, I'll be rooting for him. Uh, really quickly, before we move on to Italy, you have a golden boot pick? I yeah, I mean, I mean, going against Lewandowski and Benzema is like a scary task, and I probably wouldn't. I honestly am probably not going to put much on this. Very, very small. But uh, Danjuma from Villarreal, uh, you know, when he got in last year, about, you know, 15 or 16 90s, he had a 0.78 XG per 90 scoring rate, averaged 3.6 3. shots per 90, which was second in La Liga behind Benzema. So if he plays for a full season for a Villarreal team that could – take a step forward with their core altogether. You know, he could make a, a play at the two big boys up there, but again, I'm playing a very small at 25 to one. I just don't think he should be priced 
down this far on the board, given his XG per 90 minute scoring rate and the amount of shots he's getting from Villarreal. Yeah. Nothing says golden boot in Spain, like Arno Danjuma, but we do love our friend from the Dutch expecting him to have a big world cup. Let's transition. Now we're done with Spain. We're sticking in a similar climate, similar language, but just a bit different. Don't ever tell the Italians. I said that they'll kill me, Uh, but we're going to Syria and we had a surprise champion last year. Everybody thought, Inter and Juve would be at the top of the table. Juve really struggled early, came on strong late, finished fourth. But it was AC Milan, Milan winning Serie A for the first time in a long time. Crazy. And I know it cost me a bunch of money. I know, I think I'm pretty sure it cost you a bunch of money. Uh, I had Inter Inter tickets. And I'm going to be honest with you, maybe it's out of spite. I'm going back to the Inter tickets. I think they're going to be better than last year with Lukaku back. And they pulled off like the heist of the century. Is that the heist of the century? Selling Lukaku <laughs> to Chelsea. He plays like two games and then you get him back. I think so. I, I think, think that it might has be the heist of the century. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, we, we loaned him out for $100 million for a season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is ridiculous. But anyway, he's back. And look, this attack was dynamite under Antonio Conte, of course, who is gone. But with Lautaro and Lukaku together, I think they're going to be lethal again. And look, this is simple. We go by expected goals here. Last year, they were the best team. They haven't lost anybody significant at this point. Milan hasn't made a ton of additions where I think they've closed the gap. Juve, if anything, has gotten worse. Now, there's no reason for me to not bet Inter at the same number that I did in the middle of last season when they were clearly the best team. I bet them plus 175. Uh, where are you going? And what's your general read on the Scudetto race, which I think of all the title races, uh, you know, ha- has the most depth, of course. Yeah, it's the most open race by far of any of the the top five leagues because obviously, you know, it's going to be Barcelona, Real Madrid. It's going to it's going to be PSG. It's going to be Bayern. It's going to probably going to be City or Liverpool. Now you have what I believe is to be potentially three, maybe four teams that have potential to win the title. Now I'd be a couple teams down the board, maybe not so much, but where I'm going is if Inter falls off a little bit, I'm going to my guy, Jose Mourinho and Roma at 12 to one. I wouldn't play anything, you know, worse than that. 12 to one is probably my, my cutoff line of where I'd play Roma. This team Last year, you know, they they get in Tammy Abraham to be their their number one striker, and he has a fantastic season. They keep pretty much everybody together. You know, Mkhitaryan leaves for Inter, but they just got Paulo Diabala, so fantastic signing to pair along with Tammy Abraham. And listen, this was the third best team in expected goal differential last year, plus twenty five point two, behind only Inter and AC Milan. Top four offense and expected goals, shots per ninety, big scoring chances. And listen, I, I truly believe that Jose Mourinho has something working at Roma where he can potentially push this team towards a title. I mean, they won the expected goals battle in 31 of their 38 matches. That is a team that can win the title. So, you know, with Inter is obviously being the favorite. The one thing I'll say is, you know, screener might be leaving for PSG. If he leaves, that would hurt. I mean, it would be detrimental, but it would hurt for them for sure. And if they do fall off, if they have some injuries, and you want another surprise team to come up and, and win the title. I think AC Milan was what 14 to one last year, uh, preseason. I think Roma can do something similar, uh, to what they did last year, especially with all the signings they have in solid defense, Jose Mourinho, obviously one of the best managers in the world. So, uh, Roma 12 to one is what I'm playing in Serie A. Yeah. I couldn't agree more on Roma and you'll notice a theme to the rest of what I'm going to say when we talk about Italy, but you talked about Tammy Abraham he underperformed by quite a bit in expected goals last year. If he had just had an average finishing season, Roma would have been comfortably in the top four uh, ahead of Juve and right around where Napoli was when you look at some of the numbers. So I think there's reason to believe that Roma will take a step forward. Napoli, I think, takes a clear step backwards yep. just with the amount that they've lost. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of, of their squad in general. I was kind of selling them even last season when they were atop the league. They built it on a really impressive defensive record. Well, now they lose Koulibaly, who, you know, BJ said on our England pod, he thought was one of the most underrated center backs in the world. Uh, I do like the Zambo and Gisa signing. I think that's a good signing for them. But again, you know, they're replacing a decent number of pieces that they lost. You know, Lorenzo and Signe, whatever you think of him and what he had left, 
like his loss is somewhat impactful. Um, Ospina leaving is somewhat impactful. Uh, Milik leaving. So th- th- there, there's just like a lot of these good, not great depth pieces that were around the club have disappeared now. And you're looking around, you're like, all right, where are all the goals coming from? You know, and that's the biggest thing for me. I don't see enough goals in this team. Victor Osimen is awesome. After that, it's like, uh, who knows? And the other thing, of course, is that the defense is probably going to take a step back with Ospina and Koulibaly leaving. So I'm selling Napoli and I'm also selling Juve hard, which means somebody needs to take that spot in the top four or those two spots in the top four. And for me, that team is Roma. I bet them plus 150 to get into the top four. I think they are clearly the top four team. And if, again, it just really comes down to finishing variants and we know year to year that that tends to be noisy. So I like Roma. I'm taking the the special one and the Europa Conference League champions to have a great season and uh, and get in the top four and get back in the Champions League, get some Mourinho in the Champions League. Because, you know, I know a lot of Spurs fans didn't like the way that it ended with him, but he is the sport is objectively more interesting when his teams are good and competitive and competing for high places and trophies. Yeah, absolutely. And the one big thing, the theme that you'll you're starting to hear, you know, we're getting late into our one of our final pods here, but we love teams that keep the, these teams that are have made the big leap and they keep their core together and they add on to that core and they get better. So Roma is one of those teams for me. And one, the other team I really like for top four is a, a team I know you love and near and dear to your heart, Atalanta at two to one for for top four. I found this interesting. Five thirty eight had them at forty two percent for top four, which I it was like, oh, that seems kind of high for them. But then I went and looked and I was like, oh, fourth best expected golden rental last year, plus 20.5. They ended up finishing in eighth place, which means they won't be playing in Europe this year, which I think provides a huge advantage with, we like we've already talked about, the jam-packed schedule with the World Cup. It's going to basically have them just focus on Serie A and just that. And that's a big advantage versus some of the, all the other teams above them that are playing in Europe. I mean, it's still one of the best offenses in Serie A. Let's not get that convoluted. They were second in XG4 and shots per 90. They were first in box entries, first in progressive passes and carries. And guess what? Just much like Roma, they've got their core all back together. The only thing they have to shore up is their defense. You know, they were ninth in big scoring chances allowed, which, you know, ended up putting them seventh in XG allowed. You know, they were second in shots per 90 and first in pressure success rate and ball recoveries. So, it's not crazy to think that Atalanta can do what they've done, you know, the two years prior where they actually did finish inside the top four and got in the champions league. So uh, two to one is a decent price uh, for Atalanta to get back in the top four. Yeah. You know, the only thing that kind of scares me is the age profile of the team, you know, and Darun and Froiler are on the wrong side of 30. Now Zapata, Muriel and Ilicic did not play as many minutes as you would have hoped for them to have played last season. They still contributed in terms of goals. I mean, they were getting a goal every other game from Muriel and Zapata last year, but they only got about a season's worth of production from the two of them. And Ilicic only played nine nineties. So it really comes down to health and they had injury issues last year. They did do some pieces, you know, they got some pieces in there to get you a little younger. We love Ruslan Malinovsky. Uh, we like Mario Pasolich. I think that Coop Miners is going to be good. And he had a decent season. I think he's starting, he's taking some of those minutes from Duran and Froiler, but they still, you know, something felt off about Atalanta in the second half of last season. And that's the one thing that scares me with them is that they dropped off a lot. You know, a lot of their success was built on that run in October, November, December. They will benefit, I think, more than the rest of the league in terms of not having a ton of players at the World Cup. Of course, remember the Euros? It was the Euros of Atalanta. While Muriel Zapata will not be in the World Cup, uh, they have a couple of Italians who will not be in the World Cup. So they have a few guys who will, you know, you know Pasolic and 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 Froiler and and Darun. But overall, I think they they benefit more than those other teams who are, uh, you know, maybe going to have more players going. So that's one interesting angle on Atalanta. I don't dislike them. I think I'm kind of on a holding pattern on them. But we'll be definitely one team that I'm looking to monitor early. And if we like the early returns and they look like the Atalanta of old, that's, an, that's a buy signal because I, I do think that they could just transition this squad and get back to maybe not the best team in Italy, but you know, third, fourth, hopefully finish around there. 
And it just feels like they always get the bad end of the variance stick when it comes to teams finishing against yeah. them. So uh, they are always underperforming in defense, despite average goalkeeper plays. Maybe they'll get a good season of luck on that end. With that being said, we need to talk about Juve before we move on. Yeah. Because they're the favorite. They're the co-favorites yeah. with Inter Milan. I personally could not sell that more. And I'm not an Allegri guy. I'm not a Vilahovic guy. I love Pogba, but he's already injured. Dybala is gone. Chiesa will be back healthy, but it's a major injury he's coming off of. Murata is gone. Like there, there's not that much talent at this club right now. And they lose to lit. They get Bremer. Okay. One for one. You could argue Bremer's better, but what do you make of Juventus? Yeah. I mean, I'm not as down as on them as, as much as you are. Um, they definitely shouldn't be a favorite with Inter Milan. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. If Pogba can, Pogba can stay healthy, um, you know, adding, he's already hurt. He's already hurt. You know, that's why I say, <laughs> yeah, he's already hurt. Um, I think Chiesa back is probably the biggest thing for, for them. If he can return yeah. to the level of play that he was before the ACL injury, I mean, he's going to, he's going to change that team so much. And I, I mean, we both love Bremer as a center back, you know, so I agree with you that he's probably better than Delict. So I don't think they're going to drop off defensively just because Delict's gone, but they're, you know, and Vlhovic, you, you know, say what you will about him. He is a good striker. You know, he, maybe he's not the level of, uh, you know, a Romelu Lukaku or, or somebody else like that, but he still is a great threat in, in front of goal. So I don't, I mean, I see Juve finishing top four. The odds are, are not there for me, even close to even come like betting a top four or to win the league, but the, yes, they should not be favorites with Inter. I mean, Inter was leaps and pounds better than everybody last year. I mean, they were plus 42 expected goal differential. Next closest was like plus 25. Like it wasn't even close. And then they had Lukaku, but with that being said, you know, again, you know, plus 175 is awfully short to play them too. And in a very convoluted, you know, Serie A is very similar to the Premier League where there's a clear like top six or seven teams. And and you sometimes feel like any of them can win the league Um, this year, maybe not so much, but yeah. Inter's a little too short for me to play, but yeah, Juventus should not be a favorite with, with Inter. Yeah. I mean, they always end up finding their way into the top four and I, I think they'll do that again, but I just don't think they're anywhere near Inter despite the pricing. Uh, and maybe an even better bet if you can find it. I mean, there's not a ton of markets for these leagues, which is you know, why we could decided to combine them all into one pod. But if you could find an inter-Juve head-to-head market, they're actually lined at even, you know, like minus 110 each way. And you can take out the variance of like Milan, Roma, or Napoli doing something crazy. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That would be my one of my biggest bets of the year. So, you know, Inter Milan being better than Juventus. And it's simple. I mean, they played last year and they most of those games were lopsided too. And and then they were better over 38. So I like Inter a lot. I'm still buying them. I'm I'm buying Roma. I'm selling Juventus and I'm I'm kind of selling Napoli, but the market is too. So kind of a holding pattern on them. And Milan, uh, I think, is adequately priced. So let's go down to the bottom of the table because I know you have a lot of thoughts. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna go first. If you look at Empoli. They came out last year. They had very mediocre numbers in Serie B the prior year. They came up. They were pretty good early in the season, relatively, and then fell off a cliff. Second half, were conceding goals and chances left and right. They actually, their their profile defensively was a relegation team. They just scored enough to stay up. And I have seen that movie before enough with teams who score enough to stay up in year one, despite horrible defensive numbers. And then year two, they're in here, huge, huge trouble because the goal scoring just drops off just enough. And now they're just still conceding all those goals. Uh, I think defense is more stable year to year. And so I'm going to roll with them to go down a two to one. What do you yeah, got? Empley's uh, was a very hilarious case last year where uh, they were pretty much the worst home team in Serie A. Uh, for a large stretch season, they actually had like a positive gold expected goal differential on the road, but at home they were like minus 15. Uh, so that's kind of crazy for me. Um, I think it's, it's story time for me. So wherever you're listening to this, you might want to sit down, you know, maybe get another drink or whatever, because I got a story to tell you. And it's about Sal Nitana 
And it's about the great escape that they pulled off last year. It was a beautiful thing. It's you can call this a grudge bet. I don't really care. It's that's probably what it is going to be. Then we relegated a plus one twenty five. I will never know how they escaped. So through the first thirty matches last year, they had sixteen points, a minus thirty seven expected goal differential, and they were thirteen points from safety with eight matches left to play. I mean, at one point in the season last year, they they didn't have an owner. And they were 10 days away from getting kicked out of Serie A and they needed to find an owner. And they did. So they were able to stay in. The final eight matches, they picked up 15 points, which was the third most during that stretch in Serie A. Everyone around them just cratered and they ended up surviving by one damn point. So overall for the season, they had around a minus 30 expected goal differential, which was the second worst mark in Serie A outside of Venezia. Uh, also had the second worst expected points. They just sold their best midfielder, Ederson, to Atalanta. They bought a bunch of backups from bigger clubs to try and fill the void. I don't know how they survive unless the three newly promoted clubs are just truly awful uh, because they are truly the worst team, I believe, in Serie A that survived from last season. So they have to be one of my relegation picks. I had them be relegated last year, and that was one of the probably one of the worst beats I've had in a long time. I have another one, and this one, I'll be honest, I gasped when I saw this. I couldn't believe it. Monza, 5-1 to one to be relegated. One of the newly promoted teams, they had to come up through the relegation playoff. Uh, they beat Pisa 4-3, like, just to get here. This is the first time they've been in Serie A in their club's history, which is over 100 years. Um, they're close to Torino, to the same odds as Torino to be relegated, which I think is just truly astonishing. I mean, last year in Serie B, they had a plus .06 expected goal differential per 90 minutes, 1.514, 1.45 against. On average, since 2017, teams coming up from the second division in Italy to Serie A see a 30% decrease in their expected goals for and around a 37% increase in their expected goals allowed per match. So doing some math, Monza is going to have projected to be a minus 0.93 XG per 90, XG differential per 90. That would put them dead last in the table by far. They went out and got a bunch of guys from, you know, mid-table clubs on loan to help try and fill the void. So if you look at their transfer market profile, you'll see they're like uh, probably like fifth to bottom in terms of total transfer value. A lot of that's just guys on loan. So at plus 500, I, I find that crazy to, to that they're near Torino to, to be relegated considering, you know, they barely had a positive expected goal differential in the second division. So uh, Monza five to one for me has to be one of the relegation teams. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at that now. Cause that is interesting. Uh, Monza is the sixth worst odds, 26% though, to get relegated. So plus 500, still a good mm-hmm. number on them. They're, they're, this relegation race really is crazy. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Throughout the entire season. Cause like I'm not, you, you could probably draw a line at Bologna down and you could yeah. say Sampdoria, Monza, Lecce, Empoli, uh, Cremonese, Spezia, yeah. and Sauernitana. So that's that's still seven teams yep. that are realistically over 20% right. to get relegated based on 538, and not one of them is over 50%. So, I mean, of course, yeah, it'd, be, the, it'd be really bad at that point, uh, but they do not have... 538 does not have Spe- uh, Sauernitana as the worst team in the league. They have Spezia. Uh, I have not finished my updating on the three newly promoted yeah. Italian teams, so, but I have Spezia worse or better than Sauernitana. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a little quick preview of the, the three newly promoted. So Lecce has been here before. If you remember that they were, they got relegated during the pandemic season yeah, yeah. in 1920. Uh, I was going back and looking. I think they allowed the most expected goals of anybody like in a season since we started mm-hmm. tracking them. It was 92 expected goals. It was hard. Um, that was that's bad. Yeah. So, but they did win the league last year. They had you know decent uh, expected goals numbers. Cremonese is an interesting case. Uh, they like have the lowest uh, squad value of anybody in Europe's top five leagues. So, I mean, rightfully so, they're the favorite to get relegated. And you know, the Monza with the their squad value being you know fifteenth, fourteenth, it, it makes it kind of interesting. But Again, the odds are not reflecting that. So, yeah, the relegation fight is going to be very interesting because this last year, I think we it was kind of a surprise to see, you know, Cagliari and Genoa get relegated. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a crazy uh, relegation fight in Serie A. All right, let's move to the golden boot. I like Tammy. I already talked about why I like Tammy. Classic example of a guy underperforming despite putting up impressive goal-scoring numbers. He needs to stay healthier, but he also led the league in posts last year. He hit six posts, so... <laughs> He's not missing by much. 
he's just a little bit off. And so, you know, you get a couple bounces your way. Maybe if you hit him off the post, they still go in. Uh, you know, he could get a few of those and uh, he could win the golden boot here. It, it really is a pretty open race if Martinez and Lukaku split their goals up. Yeah, that was that was Vlahovic. I'm not a buyer. Yeah, you know, no. 0.45 xG per 90 in, yeah. at Juve. Everybody told me, by the way, that this was what people told me was, oh, well, you know, if he did that at Fiorentina, imagine how good he'll be, you know, when he gets to go to a great team like like Juventus. Uh, and then you look at the numbers. He had 0.62 xG per 90 at Fiorentina last season. And he dropped to 0.45 at yeah. Juventus, uh, which is uh, definitely intriguing. And his goals per 90 went down from 0.82 to 0.59. So, again, he's still a good player, but it, let's cool he's, let, Let's cool it. He's not like the best striker in Serie A. Okay, let's no. cool it. Um, the best striker in Serie A plays for Napoli, Victor Osimhen, another dark horse potentially. Yep. But yeah, he's, I'm he's gonna, one of the I'm going go to go with Tammy for the, uh, the actual bet here. Yeah, Oshman's one of the favorites. He probably would have been mine too. Now that, you know, Insigne's gone, you know, takes away from potentially some of his goals. I'm going to go with a little bit of an older guy. And, you know, it's a little bit of a risk because he got injured last year. He's on the road, you know, he's 31 years old. But Duvon Zapata, Atalanta, 16 to 1. I think if he stays healthy, he has an absolute shot to win this. Only completed 1990s last year, last season, but did put up a 0.71 XG per 90 minute scoring rate and averaged over four shots per 90. Only he and Latero Martinez are the only two guys that did that uh, in Serie A last year. You know, like we already mentioned, suddenly Martinez has some competition in his side for the goals. So given the fact we got a main striker on the second best offense in Serie A by expected goals last year at 16 to one is too good to pass up. And like I already mentioned, Atalanta's not playing in Europe. So for an older guy like Zapata, who won't be used, you know, in an extra day throughout the season, gets to focus on Serie A. I think it's a decent price for him to win Golden Boot. He also should be on pens and won't yep. have the World Cup. Yep. Uh, so that, that's two more reasons to like what you're getting out of Mr. Zapata. I sure it will be rooting for Atlanta to get back into the top four. Let's go to our final league, Ligue 1, which was very good to me last season. Marseille was very good to me. I know that, I know uh, they're back in the Champions League. Duaubu, uh, Ale Marseille. Uh, Going to be fading them pretty hard this year, though. That's where I want to start with this conversation because I don't think any of us think PSG isn't going to win Liga. I'm excited yeah. to see what they look like under Christophe Galtier. Uh, we're yeah. we're both fans of him. I just want to see if they're going to play a four four two. It'd be so funny. Yeah, he I mean, played a four four two everywhere. And look, they they've made some decent signings. Uh, you know, Screenyard would be a good addition. Uh, but yeah. You know, they got rid of Di Maria, which I think is a net positive because he just doesn't run anymore, and they already have enough of those guys. Yeah, uh, with Messi and Neymar, and so. Uh, I'm excited to see what PSG looks like, but that's more of a Champions League question than it is a league on question. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe if we notice something we can bet on or bet against them, you know, in some of these matchups like we did last year, early in the season under Pochettino. But really the conversation in league on always starts with, okay, who's next? Uh, and I think it's, again, it's wide open. Marseille has the second best odds. I think we're in agreement though, that that should not be the case. No, William Saliba is gone. He was their best defender by far. So that that's a big net negative for them. They haven't done really much to replace him. Um, and I think the teams around them have just truly gotten better. I mean, Monaco made some great signings uh, to help their attack, to help Ben Yedder. Um, they obviously lose too many, but I, they definitely have some guys around them that can help it out. Um, and there's some other guy, teams down the board that I'm actually liking quite a bit. You know, it's a pretty convoluted race there with Wren, who, you know, they just lost their best defender. You have Nice, who just lost their manager. Uh, Leon has been a catastrophe defensively last year. Didn't really do anything to get better. So the anti-luck box, the anti-luck box. So you have a kind of an open race. And, you know, in terms of, listen, if I were to bet a team for winner without PSG, it would be Monaco by far. I mean, their their actually numbers were crazy good last year. But, you know, BetMGM has top three markets because France, you know, the top three teams go to the Champions League, not the top four. In my pick, it's going to be Strasbourg at 14 to 1. Uh, they finished fourth in league on expected goal differential, did not lose anybody in the transfer market. In fact, they made some moves that I think will improve them. Colin Dogba at right back on loan from PSG will, you know, provide some depth for them. They made Lucas Perrin's loan deal permanent from Marseille. He was one of their best defenders. 
And this team was on the doorstep of a top three finish last year. They were on April 20th with five matches left to go. They were in third place. And then they kind of stumbled down the stretch in the last few matches. And I'd argue, you know, like I already said, the teams they're competing with have taken a step back outside of Monaco. So for them to be top three at a price of 14 to one, I think is, is fantastic. You know, I'm not, I mean, Len's got, they're got rated of all their good players, so they're not going to be any good. Uh, so if you want a team that's going to break into the top three, I think Strasburg at 14 to one is a good price. Look, I love Chuameni and I think he's a great player. Uh, and I think Real Madrid made a great, uh, uh, you know, obviously they spent a boatload of money. He better be good. Right. But uh, and I, I think that is a loss for Monaco, but I think that they will be able to cope. And I still really like their defense. I still really like the addition of Braille Embolo, of course, from Gladbach. If you know me, you know I love Gladbach. You know I love Braille Embolo. Uh, and I think he's perennially underrated. He was in a really bad situation at Gladbach last year where the team kind of quit on the manager. And that was very evident very early defensively. But Remember, if you look at some of the numbers, Embolo was putting up good numbers. The finishing wasn't quite there, but the attack for Gladbach was still good, despite how bad the defense was. And a lot of that has to do with what Embolo is able to do as a forward, where he's not the kind who's going to run in behind. He is the come get the ball and be a part of your attack, ball progression, create for others as well. And I think he can do a lot of you know the too many ball progression that was actually missing with you know they're going to be missing this year with him being gone. And so I love that addition. I think that was a great buy. Uh, and, and just generally speaking on them, you know, if, if you're looking at the market and you, you kind of made the case, you know, we do press elimination here. It wasn't just him. They added Minamino. And yep. I think Minamino kind of got lost in the shuffle there, but he's still a good player. Like he's, he was productive prior to Liverpool and he had some good moments for Liverpool, but he was just never at that level. Now I think he's at a level where he can really shine in this league. Uh, and, you know, they still have more money they could spend. It wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me if they went out and made more signings. So, you know, you sell your biggest player for 80 plus million, and then you go replace him with a couple of good wingers who do good, uh, you know, a winger who does good ball progression and a forward who does good ball progression. And maybe you go get one more guy. You, we still love, like I said, I still love their defense. I think they're clearly the second best team. I bet them plus 350 to, to finish in the top three. Uh, and I think that they are going to be there come the end of the season. So our last thing is the golden boot in France. I don't have anything here. This is like the bottom <laughs> of the barrel market. I mean, yeah, you know, there's, but, there's probably like two books that offer this. But if yes. Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar decide to just take a season off, who you got for golden boot? Yeah, so uh, Caesars has this. Um, if you have Caesars and wherever you're um, you're located, Kylian Mbappe is a minus two hundred favorite for Golden Boot. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy be uh, that maybe that big of a favorite. Maybe it was Robert Lewandowski uh, in, in the Bundesliga. But there's a guy I kind of like, uh, Musa Dembele from Lyon. Unbelievable xG per ninety minutes scoring grade. He was at 0.8 per ninety last year. And for guys who have, for, there's only four players who have played over 20 matches that have averaged at least a 0.8 XG per 90. It's Robert Lewandowski, Erling Holland, Kareem Benzema, and Musa Dembele. Kind of crazy. 21 goals off of 18, around 19 expected, a little over 25 90s, was fourth in shots per 90 in Lyon around 3.3. Um, you know, again, Mbappe is obviously the favorite, minus 200, but. Dembele is going to play consistent, open, high-scoring games because Leon's defense was garbage last year, and it's going to be garbage again this year. Lacazette comes in. I don't really, you know, he's 12-1. to 1, He's ahead of Dembele. I highly doubt that he's going to play ahead of him. I don't see how that uh, makes any sense. Also, Leon, they finished in eighth place. They're not playing in Europe. So full attention on Leon for Dembele. Should be able to start every single match. So 16-1. to 1 on the XG per 90 leader from league on last year. I think it's a fantastic price. I'm just surprised you didn't manage. We managed to talk about France for almost 10 minutes. We did not mention Lille. That's that is. Yeah. They, that I ticket, mean, they lost, they lost a ton. It's yeah. Just, they're, they're hard. Cool. But it's if hard. you had that ticket, you just cashed uh, your first bet of the season. That will do it. We broke down all four of the main leagues outside of England. We talked France. We talked Spain. We talked Germany. We talked Italy. We gave out a bunch of bets. We're taking some long shots, a couple of favorites. I cannot wait. The season in Europe gets underway on Friday. 
If you have not already listened, please go back, listen to our Premier League preview podcast where we went through our favorite picks. We spent about an hour going through all those games. Then we did our point total draft going through all 20 Premier League teams. We were forced to take an over and under on every single one. We drafted picks one by one. It was a lot of fun. We had Alon Shapiro on from the FML FPL podcast. Then we have this. And on Thursday, our first weekend preview of the season will be out wherever you get your podcast on Thursday morning. Very excited because then we are just one day away from the season beginning. We've got Arsenal and Palace. We've got Frankfurt and Bayern. I know there's a French game that I'm forgetting right now, but it's going to be awesome. We've got our first full weekend, and then we've got 10 straight months of jam-packed soccer action. Thank you all for listening. And if you haven't already joined, we are doing Fantasy Premier League this year. The link is in the show notes for our draft pod that we did. If you want to join us and have some fun in the Prem this year, there will be prizes for the winners. None of us are any good at fantasy, so you probably beat us. That'll do it for another episode of Wonder Goal. For my co-host, BJ Cunningham, I'm Anthony DeBundo. Michael Leboff will be back in the host chair for our first weekend preview Thursday.